The information contained in this episode of Money of Mine is of general nature only and does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. Before making any investment decision, you should consult with your financial advisor and consider how appropriate the advice is to your objectives, financial situation and needs. Wailu announces best end final for the Mincourt takeover offer. We've got Annex release the Wim Creek DFS. Alto medals are nearing the magic. One million ounce resource end. The East State Fundies versus the Perthanalities. That is a new term I've heard. That's in regard to the Liontown takeover. This is money of mine for Monday 3rd of April and introducing to everyone the new mining news in your ears on the block. Money of mine, the daily news segment and I've got a couple of financing legends with me today that are going to be here every day who are you lads introduce yourselves the first time ever this is exciting don't jump in all at once g'day mate <laughs> hello travis how are you i'm well mate i'm well very well excited we've got travis ricciardo here and jd jonas dawn maddie how you going oh mate i'm sensational this is exciting let's get into it we're going to do a bit of a in-depth story and personality uh, overview of Travis and Jonas in the coming weeks. We're going to keep him a bit of a mystery at this point, but let's get into what's going on in the mining news at the moment. So we've got the Mincor and Wailu takeover talk. So look, it's taken another twist today. They've put in a best and final offer. Now let's just go over the timeline of this, just to give a bit of context to the listeners. So 21st of March, Twiggy's Wailu Metals commences an on-market takeover for Mincor at $1.40. So currently held 19.9% of Mincor. They go up 40%. Mincor reject the offer 23rd of March. Mincor trade at $1.67. So investors, are they thinking that Wailu or someone else will up the bid? And 30th of March, Mincor announced the nickel product had fallen short of standards set by its sole customer, BHP. And today, Wailu announced that the $1.40 takeover price is best and final. Mincor back at $1.40. Now, Travis Ricciardo, your first unpack on money of mine history. Give it to us, mate. What's going on here behind the scenes? Oh, no, no pressure, mate. Uh, that's a pretty interesting one to, to take a look at. I mean, you know, the, the, big, the big change that's sort of happened here is, of course, Mincor withdrawing their guidance. And, and this has sort of just, you know, happened... Um, you know, with, with, in a very short period of time after this hostile takeover offer from Wailu. And, you know, in that first sort of, you know, um, bit of statement they, they put out to the market, they reserved the right to ultimately put in a higher price. And the way that they were actually trading on the market, you know, the share price was as high as $1.67, despite the fact that the takeover offer was for $1.40. So what that tells you is that the market was ultimately pricing in that a higher offer was going to come, be it from Wailu or someone else, but the market was saying that this isn't the final price that we're likely to get. And um, you know, in the intervening time, um, this 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 guidance has been withdrawn. There's some operational troubles, and and now they're trading flat at a dollar forty. So you know, ultimately now we're, we're we're being told by the market that they expect that simply this 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 offer will be accepted by Mincor. Um, you know, it's, and it's pretty pretty interesting for a few different reasons I, I sort of think you know the, the why lose offer it was it was 
unconditional. So they actually would have had to have sought permission from ASIC to, to withdraw their offer in the first place. So the most likely thing they were always going to do, um, you know, after the, the guidance was withdrawn was probably just stated as best and final. And we've seen them do that, but it basically puts them in a, in a position now where they're, they're unable to, to increase their price. I'm sort of unsure where they sit on their own internal valuation, given this piece of information. But when they, they come out to market and they sort of have uh, a 35, only a 35% premium on a hostile takeover um, you know, bid, it's pretty rare that you can actually pick up a company with a, with a simple 35% premium in a hostile environment. Um, and, and it actually looks like that's probably what's going to happen now, given the absence of, of, of an interloper. You know, tomorrow we've, we've got Mincor coming out with their target statement. And it'll be pretty interesting to see what, what the board's strategy is here. Um, the most likely thing is, is is a yes acceptance, given the fact that you know that we, we've seen directly from Wailu that they're not going to increase their price, um, and the market is is trading at a flat at dollar forty. So you'd think you'd think it's a yes recommendation. So yeah, Trav, how do you reckon this is going to tie in with Wailu's strategic partnership with IGO, the seventy thirty about the possible downstream processing of nickel? Do you think this is a play in that? I. Honestly, I, I sort of th- saw that 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 strategic partnership with Wailuria as a bit of a um, a collateral partnership, you know, in the negotiations with the with Western Aries um, acquisition. You know, Wailuria sort of stepped in there and caused um, a little bit of havoc at the last minute, and, and and I think you know that deal was sort of struck in order to actually get a deal done for for Western Aries to be um, acquired by IGO. So, I, in all honesty, I probably don't hold too much weight to the um, the long term sort of outlook of whatever that partnership will deliver because it just sort of felt like a bit of a um a partnership that might have meant very little in order to get a deal done well i reckon we'll hear a bit a bit more about it tomorrow on money of mine when they re- uh mincor come out with their release now on the annex metals they've released their dfs for the wim creep uh copper operation eight year mine life debt funding from anglo america sub subject to dd of the dfs at this stage it's 20 million US now developed. They've got a 20% free carried interest up to a decision to mine. They're trading flat today. Now, JD, on to you for your first bit of analysis, mate. Are we going to see a few more junior copper plays like this coming to the for- forefront in Australia? What's your thoughts, mate? Yeah, so that's it, Maddie. People have been looking pretty hard across Australia for the next copper asset. We've seen a lot of action in Queensland with 29 medals, AIC. Now, this up in the Pilbara is a new exciting play. So 70 million CapEx with Anglo-American after doing their DD to tip in about 30 million from our numbers means they need another 26 million and capped at 30 million bucks. It looks like the market's a bit unsure at the moment whether they'll get that final um, equity raise or debt funding. So that that uh, 26 is based on develops 20% free carry that that's going to account for 14 of the that's right so of the capex develops free carry takes them up to final investment decision which means they'll need to tip in roughly 14 million bucks of the 70 and that leaves that shortfall to be covered by annex whether that be through equity or debt at a later stage so how's that looking so you've got an anglo-american are obviously in to secure the offtake for the copper is there potential they could tip a bit a bit more in than yeah that, the, than that, the 20 million us that's right. There's potential for that. They've taken the offtake. They're looking to get the zinc and copper production. They've also taken a royalty from from the asset. And there is potential that if they can increase that, it would give the market a bit more confidence that 
Annex can go and fund the rest, whether that be through equity or additional debt. Do you think there's a bit of a risk with the 70 million capex uh, in this current inflationary environment? We see a lot of um, capital blowouts. Is there a risk that that 70 million might not be 70 million after actual construction? Yeah, there's potential. They have obviously included some contingency costs in that. And it'd be interesting to see how that plays out in future with develop being tied into this asset. I think the one that that's that stuck out to me on that one is 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 is, is that Anglo's commitment was subject to D, to the DFS, um, and you know they've sort of come out with the DFS um, on announcement. I would have thought part of part of the release of that DFS would have been you know providing Anglo with a draft, and and you know the optimal way to release this DFS would have been to say that. Um, that that subject, you know, the, the clause that that sort of it's been waived by Anglo and they're supportive for the debt, um, potentially subject to an equity contribution or whatnot. But but they haven't come out and said that. So I think there's there's still a bit to play out in terms of 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 how likely is is Anglo's contribution, um, and and we'll see how that pans out in future announcements. Absolutely, uh, heavily uh, heavily leveraged on the copper price going. I know that everyone's talked about this copper price going to these new highs. It hasn't yet. It's still only sitting. Just above four bucks a ton, but I'll assume if that got up to six, uh, four bucks a pound US, I'll assume if that got up to six, the projects like this would be attracting a lot more capital a lot quicker. Yeah, that's right. Cards. And you can see in the assumptions in the DFS that they're forecasted copper prices by 2028 reaching just under $10,000 a US a ton. Right, Trav, your neck of the woods, mate. Alto Metals, AME, they've released an updated mineral resource estimate for their sandstone projects. That's 150K. East of Mount Magnet, they're they're nearing that magic one million ounce mark that investors seem to like. Give us the spill, mate. What what do you think of there for an upcoming gold producer potentially? Yeah, I mean it look it looks that way. They've sort of you know been hard at work, sort of you know adding ounces via the drill bit, and they're now at that eight hundred and thirty two thousand ounces at one point five grams per ton, and two hundred twenty six of that is is, is indicated. Um, and three years ago, the total project was only three hundred thirty odd ounces of of a thousand ounces of gold there. Um, you know, and, and to your point, there's not too many gold development projects in Western Australia um, that could genuinely become a standalone operation. You could list them on less than one hand, you know, Medallion Gold, who's raising money today, and, and, and Alto sort of pops up there as a later stage. There's no studies, but the resource looks good enough to support a standalone development. Um, and, you know, but the, the interesting thing there is that there's so many mills in the region that p- perhaps the standalone development doesn't actually make sense. So, you know, this company's sort of been busy at it, um, despite the fact that they've had a lot of corporate interest in recent history, in, in 2020 in particular, they were you know subject to takeover offers from both Gold Sea and, and their neighbour Middle Island at the time, um, and 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 they were busy fending them off, and and they're they're now in a position where West Gold owns 13% of the company, Gold Sea, who is now GS Group, um, sit there with with a 10% interest in the company, and if you look in the region, there's 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 so many milling options between. West Gold's neighbouring mills, there's Kirkalocka, um, you know, there's, there's there's basically five mills in the space of about 150 kilometres. And then, on you know, th- th- more optionality with this project actually can be attained via more regional consolidation of, of, of good exploration projects. Notably, they're probably only 70 kilometres away from um, you and my project that Rocks Resources just consolidated with Venus Metals on, on Friday. So... There's plenty of potential for how this ore is actually going to get into a mill, and some of that could involve more transactions down the track. To date, Alto's fended off any 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 potential of that happening, but 
um, they're sort of yeah approaching the threshold where it could support a standalone operation if 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 it so thought it was possible. And what do you reckon that resource is going to have to get to before feasibility studies possibly start coming into play? I would I would anticipate that that you know Alto's strategy to date has has been to to emphasise exploration and and don't even talk about studies. Um, and that's been a strategy that's worked for them in an environment where building a mine has been, you know, capital intensive and, and has rarely been conducted on budget. So I, I can't see them changing that strategy anytime soon, you know, especially when they've held up reasonably well compared to to junior gold explorers and developers of, of a similar size that, you know, the share price has, has held their ground. So I, I honestly think that they'll just keep adding ounces via the drill bit um, until something more compelling comes along. So, what is really look at a, look at assets like this? And you said uh, Osgold are in the news today for a capital raise, so they've they've sort of been sitting idle for a bit. Uh, these million ounce resources, these you know relatively simple open pit models, do you reckon they're attractive to a mid cap that might be looking to secure a project like this for an extra ounce profile? I think absolutely, and especially given the synergies with nearby. Uh, mills who are short of high grade gold, um, and, you know, and, and and some of the the pits within Alto's, um, you know, global mineral resource are sort of around that two grams per ton mark, which we know is highly truckable. So it absolutely makes sense to as a as a sort of bolt on, and for but for corporates who are looking for it as a as a as a development opportunity, then I think it probably you get more synergies out of trucking the ore to one of those nearby mills than if you were to just see it as a pure play development opportunity. JD, what's your take on the uh, gold explorers looking to get into the uh, around that one million ounce mark? Yeah, I think Travis summed it up really well there. You just need to look through the names as well. A lot of them are quite busy at the moment. You have Capricorn developing Mount Gibson, so they look like they've got their hands full for the minute. Bellevue coming into production now. Gold Road uh, tied in with DeGray at the moment, so... Just sort of wait and see which ones have the cash availability and have the capacity, and we'll see how that sort of plays out over the next year. Yep, three thousand bucks an ounce. I reckon it's a, a flurry soon. So, JD, something caught your attention the other day from uh, our east east coast friends. Even though I'm east coast originally, I'm now tainted, tainted as a personality. What's the spiel, mate? That's right. So, Lion Town making headlines. I think everyone in the mining sector has seen the news. So they came out and told the market that they'd rejected not just one, but three bids over the past half year. So that culminated in a $2.50 a share bid, all coming from Albemarle. That saw the share price jump, I think, about 70% on the day, topping over $2.50. So the market being a bit speculative that maybe Albemarle will come in with another bid or somebody else might come in over the top. And this... Also put a bit of a fuse under the whole lithium space. We saw Core, Lithium, Sayona all have huge days. Now, something we've noticed between us is that some of these names, Liontown, Core, Sayona, are all amongst the 10 most shorted stocks on the ASX. And we were listening into the the Chanticleer podcast down at the AFR, and I think they best captured it in in the snippets you're about to hear. Oh, well, yeah, I was just about to say, I've conveniently uh, compiled a couple of snippets from that uh, Chanticleer podcast, or Chanticleer, however they pronounce it, and there's just a little bit of a divide between East Coast and West Coast. Here we go. 
whenever anything rises like that, there's always naturally going to be a fair bit of skepticism. The skepticism is particularly in the institutional investor market. This thing's come out of Perth. Um, on the East Coast, the, the big brokers and the investors in Sydney and Melbourne can be wary sometimes of things that come out of Perth. There can be a bit of hot air <laughs> around it. You know, they're diggers and dealers, right? That's the that's the mining sector. Yeah. So, you know, every, every mining resource has a price. And I don't know, they, it looks like there's... These guys have either got lucky or knew something that everyone else didn't, but they're onto a good thing. Incredible story. I, I can't wait to see where this goes next. The the personalities versus the the East Coast skeptics versus the US uh, giants. So great fun. <laughs> oh, there we go, lads. What do you reckon about that? How do you feel? Personalities. That's a new one for me. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I've never heard it before in my life, but I like it. I think it's pretty. It's pretty telling of of the difference in sort of mentality. Um, about especially mining companies from the East Coast. There, there is traditionally a lack of understanding, a lack of technical capability amongst the fundies and that flows through into the, the journalistic coverage. It sounds like there's a good opportunity for a, a, a thoughtful um, West Coast-based media organisation to pop up and fill a bit of a gap there. Does, Trav, do you know of any good ones floating around at the moment, mate? <laughs> I think we're trying to build one. Oh, there you go. Yes, no, God. No worries, uh, AFR for giving you a free plug on uh, on money of mine. So, cheese, uh, be rude not to have us on for a uh, session on AFR on the Sean to clear sometime. I reckon. What do you think? Let's make that happen. <laughs> All right, Maddie. There was a bit more news overnight. Can you cap it in thirty seconds? What else is happening? Have you got me on? Have you got me on the watch? Let's go. The stop is starting now, man. Go. OD six metals are up sixty five percent on exceptional metallurgical re- recovery results. We've got Bellevue Gold. They've commenced open pit mining, which will be toll treated for early cash. Now, Red Dirt. They've increased their scale of their Yenathara lithium project, identifying more spodumene twenty kilometres away. Rock chip assays are in progress. Perseus refinance their de- facility, replacing the existing one fifty mil with US three hundred mil, and Ozgold in a trading halt pending a capital raise full stop done there we go beautiful mate nailed it there we go right lads here we go first round i think we did all right palms sweaty beautiful i reckon that was sensational i think that's a wrap geez we've only got to do it every day now so <laughs> we should be good thanks very much exciting times ahead right, now look if anyway we're in the we're in the process of swap, swapping podcast feeds over just for everyone listen so Money of Mine will be on the original Life of Mine feed and all the old Life of Mine stuff will be going on to a second podcast. So you're going to have Money of Mine and Life of Mine. Make sure you subscribe to both. There's a bit of a crossover period at the moment, so you mightn't find the old Life of Mine stuff, but it is happening. And get used to hearing the three of us because we're going to be pumping out daily mining news every day. That's why it's called Daily Mining News and uh, plenty more of uh, other interviews to come. Good on you, lads. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. Look forward to the next one. Thank you.